Do you have any Caucasian friends? You can be just as greedy or capitalistic or evil as a white man in that same position because you have the same exact morals, right. same exact beliefs, right? Same exact thing. So I, I, I don't play that game because, you know, and personally, I don't have any white friends. And it's not even something that is purposeful. It's just the way that I lead my life. You know, the people that I find magnetized to what I'm doing are my people. Good, what's poppin'? What it is, what it ain't, what it could be, what it should be, what it would be. Cam Newton the song, Mr. Boogie the All. And I'm here with another episode of Funky Friday. And I promise to keep coming with real good content for the masses and I always promise to keep it funky for your asses. Now today, we are in the treat because we got a black entrepreneur, black CEO, a black businessman, a person who stands on his own and is on his own in many ways than one, Mr. 19 Keys. Man, pleasure to be here, God. <laughs> yes, sir. Now, I just noticed them crystals in your yes, hat, sir. man. You vibrating over yes, there, sir. man. That's yes, sir. Yes, sir. I told you, bro. Right before we went on, I told him, man, I think, you know, we living in a, we living in a real sensitive time. Yeah. And as men, I think, I don't, I don't feel intimidated by your aura. I don't feel intimidated by you as a person. But you know, cats, they, 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 they tuck their tail. Mm -hmm. I invite it, you know what I mean? And instead of looking at things as a threat, look at things as an opportunity to learn, you feel me? So yeah, bro, that's what it is. Yeah, I mean, just on that subject, you know, manhood no longer celebrated, mm. you understand me? It's, it's celebrated in no spaces, not in movies, not in entertainment, not on news. Um, in, in no way, form, or fashion is manhood or masculinity <laughs> celebrated today. Yeah. You understand me? You actually will be more celebrated the less you are of a man. Mm. You understand me? And so I, I was talking with my brothers and my pops about this yesterday, and we were just talking about how, you know, men no longer are able to have their own philosophies wow. about the life and about the world. So today, you know, the opinions and ideas that you express, you can be shadow banned for on social media mm. or people can hate you for it. Right. But the world is based on ideas. Mm -hmm. You understand me? And so a man having the ability to share his philosophies and his ideas and his perspective is part of freedom because a man is not about his physical strength. It's about his intellectual strength. Mm. You understand me? And so where a lot of young boys don't know how to become men because they don't know how to develop their mind and they, they better ways of thinking, mm -hmm. right? So it's like you can hit the gym and, and be physically strong all you want to, but if you're mentally weak, then you're not a man. You're not. You understand me? And so we are multidimensional beings. We are the flesh and then we are the spirit. You understand me? How strong your spirit is and how strong your mind is is determinate upon your measurement of manhood. Right. Because man is mine, so it's your minehood, really. That's what you developed throughout life. Yeah, I like you that. You did? But that motherfucker come out here swinging with <laughs> oh, man, some, you some, know. some, some, some. Funky some. Friday. I man. swear to beans. So we in Atlanta with it, you know what I'm saying? Um, how was, your, you You also here for the Revolt Summit. Yeah. Shout out to Revolt. Shout out to Revolt. Um, what was that? How was that like? Man, shout out to Dottavio and Dion and Diddy and Revolt staff, man. It was all love. Uh, you know, they, they wanted me to grace the stage and be the last speaker. So, mm. you know, I gave what I call the 19 keynote. 
Yeah. You understand me? Uh, 19 minutes or 19 keys every void, and it was about the future being now. And that whole concept, you know, it drew me for a minute because I really was trying to think about what I wanted to say. And I started the speech off talking about Hannibal Barker. You know what Hannibal Barker is? No, sir. He was a 20-something-year-old war general. You understand me? He embarked upon a mission of fighting against Rome, mm. right? So it was a 15-year war. He had 100,000-some soldiers, ended up losing about 80% of them, and went and fought against a million-man army and won, right? So he's the father of military strategy today, and they still utilize his war strategies in military school today. But imagine that, being 25 years old, and he finished the campaign that his father started. Mm. But I started it off with that because it's like when we talk about history, usually started in slavery when we in chains. Right. We don't so we don't start when we were masters of warfare. Right. Right. Because it changes your entire thinking right. when you talk about your beginning. You talk about your past. Mm -hmm. So when we talk about the future being now, I look at all our ancestors and everything that they laid down for us. Every assassination, every bluff, every war fought, every single thing, and it's like, how are we honoring their sacrifices? Mm. How are we living saying that that's our lineage and today with 2022 where we have the greatest resources and access to technology than any other generation in the history of time, how are we using that and venerating and honoring our ancestors is key. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I like that. Being a, a public speaker is a very um, strategic um, kind of lane mm -hmm. because there's a lot of them out there. Yeah. Um, as far as did you go to school, undergrad? Did you go to school for that? Yeah. Uh, t t tell me how did we how did we evolve into what we see now? So I didn't go to school for I went to school for marketing and business, but I ended up dropping out. I caught a case, um, and during that case, I ended up getting extradited to Oakland, California, because I was in going to school in Missouri. Ended up beating that case, took it to trial. But that ended my relationship with, you know, the school system. Yes, sir. But when I was young, we used to have what they call Savior's Day. So Savior's Day is a black Muslim celebration, right? And there was this TV channel in Oakland called Soul Beat. Mm. So we used to have to practice these particular speeches. It could be about astronomy. It could be about sociology. It could be about black empowerment. And so I got tapes. I'm like eight, nine years old yeah. getting on stage speaking about the same things I speak on today. Right. And funny enough, I just got a glimpse of seeing that just like last year because somebody had a tape and I've seen myself quoting something I said when I was a child today. Wow. You understand me? And it, it, to say that, like, you know, I look at speaking as a skill rather than a talent because it's something that I have to develop over time. Mm -hmm. Tonality, being able to communicate, being right. able to listen, being empathetic to an audience, understanding how to take a, a concept that's in your head and how to build that in someone else's head as you speak. Right. Communication is, is a lost art amongst today's people because everything is microwave. We don't really understand communication, it's too easy. We don't have to write anything. We don't have to fully say our points. We text message, we put on Twitter, it's more aggressive. There's no empathy because there's less context. So most of the things that we say are misunderstood, right? right? And so. For me, communication came from having past positive proof that I was good at something, mm -hmm. right? So when I was told like, yo, you killed it on the stage, but I also used to be in Oakland going to rallies when there was issues with like the police or something. Right. And so I didn't see no representation of black men speaking. It'd be a sea of white folks speaking about black issues. 
So I wanted to be in representation and represent that. There was no cameras there, but I just felt compelled to go speak. Right. So, but afterwards, people would come up and be like, yo, you killed it, you did this, that, and the third. So I'm like, anytime you got a skill set, you should use it in some way that where you can change the world. Yeah. You understand me? And so that's where my journey of communication started. You were you're speaking about communication, and I think to even put a microscope to that. The issue is not just communication, it's black men being able to communicate with other black men. That's a super fact. You feel me? Like having this eye contact and saying, hey bro, let me tell you something. And I want you to understand that it's coming from love. Like what you did, uncalled for. And let yeah. me tell you why I was uncalled for. Now, I, I had mentioned in, in, a, in, a, uh, in an episode before, the difference between fuck you coming from a white man to a white man is completely different than a fuck you coming from a black man to another black man. Yeah. See what I'm saying? And it's all communication. A white man saying to another white man, fuck you, he could still make millions of dollars with that person. Yeah. We've seen it because let's say Trump, mm -hmm. right? A lot of Caucasian people hate Donald Trump, mm -hmm. but guess who they voted for? Big Trump. You see what I'm saying? You don't get to being who he is without the support from all people. Yeah. It's black people who voted for Donald Trump too. Oh yeah, a lot Just of Just keep it a buck. Yeah. But when you have senseless issues like in our culture, rap beasts, when they say it's fucked you to the day, like, yeah. it's a, like that's, that's something that we have to change. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And it starts with communication because once a person feels a certain type of way, it's not even that you want that person to feel how you feel. You want that person to understand where you was coming from. Mm -hmm. And a lot of black men have issues with articulating and verbalizing how it made them feel. Because one of two things, either they don't know how or it looks, it's looked at as weakness. Yeah. You know what I mean? But I've been around you off camera you know, long enough to realize like this motherfucker woke. Like, you know what I'm saying? You're able to control your vernacular. The tone is important. Uh, empathy is important. Strategy is important as well. So when you're going into a public speaking, let's say the revolt situation, mm -hmm. how long does it take you to uh, prepare for it? You know, this one was interesting because they wanted me to send in a script. Uh, they, they actually asked me, yo, do you want us to write it? And I just said emphatically, no. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, this ain't it. It's, it's not possible for you to write something better than what's going to come out of my head because yeah. I, I let God write for me. Yes, sir. Ain't no better writer than God. Yes, sir. You understand me? So for most of the time, what I try to do is gather inspiration. Mm -hmm. You understand me? And I try to visualize what do the people need, right? Because... If there's just one topic, like they gave me a broad topic, the future is now. Mm -hmm. So that could mean anything, literally, right. right? So with that one, I tried to think, how do I connect us to understand that time is an illusion and that everything exists in this moment, it's all about what we do right now. Mm -hmm. And in order for us to really understand that, we have to understand what was done before we got here, right? right? So before I speak, I would, you know, uh, I, I, I might listen to a great speaker Right, I'm, I'm listening to the greatest speeches in history because that's what I want to be on par towards. You understand me? And then I imagine the response, right? I've done this ever since I was a child. If I get into any competition, I'm not worried about the competition. I'm imagining what it's like to win, mm. how it's like to celebrate. 
You understand me? Because now everything in the middle is just in my way towards getting me to that finish, right? right? But you know, when, when you study and you train on something, you know it. So overthinking can actually delay your response, right? right? So when you actually in the field, it's going to destroy your flow. So now you're trying to think of what to say, but these are two different parts of the brain. Mm. It's what you know, and then you got your hardwired thinking. So now this is like when people go on stage and they can't speak because they got two parts of the brain tripping over each other. Mm -hmm. So I let myself, I take the notes, I allow myself to be inspired, but when I get on the stage, I have to just let it flow. Mm. And I got to just be in flow state because that's the type of speaker I am. Different speakers are different. Some people got to have a whole script in front of them and they got to read it. Some people got to have something in their head that they rehearsed a thousand times because we learn in school to be technical thinkers. Mm -hmm. Memorization is taught as the highest level of intelligence in school, which is completely false. Mm -hmm. So for me, you know, if you put me on any stage and I feel the inspiration and I feel the connection to the people, I'm going to step up there and deliver. Right. And I want to think about I'm not just the people that's in front. The audience is just there to watch what I'm going to share to the world later. Right. You understand me? So I'm not particularly just worried about the audience that's in there. I'm worried about how can I change the world when I'm done speaking. Right. Two things, really. Um, and the first topic is this. Anytime a person who's openly religious, mm -hmm. Christianity, Muslim, yeah. uh, Buddhist, it's a threat. Mm -hmm. Because, not a threat because they don't like it, it's a threat because people don't know, you know what I'm saying? And we all know or have our own kind of um, understanding of what Muslims is. Right. Um, but do you have any Caucasian friends? Do you do you um, go about it in a way where it's like the white man is this, the white man is that? Like, how do we go about it in that sense? You know what I'm saying for you? Obviously, you being who you are right now. You needed a lot of people's help. You know what I'm saying? Now, how you go about attaining that help is on you. And, and how do you go about it? You know who John Brown is? John, it's many John Browns. John Brown was an abolitionist. Mm -hmm. He was a white man in the South. I believe he was in the South. And he fought against other white men because he, he opposed slavery because he was a stone cold Christian. Okay. Right? And I always say, if I got some white friends, they got to be like John Brown. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'll be, I, that's the kind of white friends I'm looking for. Yes, sir. Right? Not just ones that secretly say, man, I don't like what I see in society. People that are actively opposing the things right. that they see and utilizing their privilege in a way to fight the war on the side of good. Mm -hmm. You dig? Um, fight the war of equality. Yeah, freedom, right. justice, and equality. Right. You understand me? If, if you consider yourself to be a Christian and there's something that's done that goes against your tenets, faith, belief, and system, then you have an active duty to do something against that. Right. Like, the thing about with white and black, because I don't, I don't look at the world in a particular white and black spectrum, you understand me? Because I can see all the colors, mm -hmm. you dig? But when I, when I look at the reality of it is, it's not enough white people that stand up against evil. Mm. Black people got to do it. Anytime that there was something that changed, it's because we stood up, we fought, we had the dogs against us, we got lynched, we got killed. We was out there doing the work for the most part. Right. You dig? So we stood on something that yeah. we believed in, not what they believed yeah. in first, because if they believed no in natural changes. Correct. So for me, it's like a a person that uh, I, I like good people. Mm -hmm. You understand me? And that good really is disregard skin color. Yes, sir. Because it's really about who you are. Because there's a lot of people that got the same skin that ain't kin. 
You feel me? So therefore, I can't tap in with them because people don't have standards of what it means to be black, mm -hmm. right? If you if you say, well, I'm a black man, but you don't treat every other black man that you see as a brother yes, or you sir. see him as a sister, right. then that's not black to me because for me, black goes to the origin of righteousness, mm. right? Because it speaks towards the nature of those people that say that, of course, we're not actually black, I'm brown. Right. You understand me? But what it's saying is I'm connected to these people. We, we come under the same code, color. the same structure, yes, the same culture. So for me, it's about what's the color of your mind? Mm. You understand me? What do you represent? What's your values? And then that means that we can be aligned and we can have commonality. If we can't, you know, you can be just as greedy or capitalistic or evil as a white man in that same position because you have the same exact morals, right. same exact beliefs, right? Same exact thing. So I, I, I don't play that game because, you know, and personally, I don't have any white friends. And it's not even something that is purposeful. It's just the way that I lead my life. You know, the people that I find magnetized to what I'm doing are my people because I'm speaking now. I have tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of white people that tap into the platform because I spit universal knowledge that's good for all people. Yes, sir. So my second question to that point is, who do you find, because the person that I'm seeing today in the flesh was inspired by someone or something. Oh yeah, for sure. Who's a person who you were inspired by and who's the person that you're inspired by still to this day? You dig I'm gonna have to say the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan. Yes, sir. And Honorable Elijah Muhammad. The reason, let me qualify. First, the Honorable Elijah Muhammad, because he was the most successful black leader of all time. Mm. You know, he had his own planes, he had his own barbershops, he had his own schools, he had his own trust. He had his real estate company. You understand me? He had um, he had his own standing army. He built a nation within a nation. He had a third grade education. He taught the science of astronomy, physics, philosophy. He taught the best reforming and redeeming method that this world has seen when it comes to taking a lost, found Negro and then making him an honorable black man and woman. Mm -hmm. You know. The, the, the teachings that he left behind, no other leader has left the type of catalog of information and knowledge that he left behind. You understand me? So for me, just knowing that a man can take his mind from being a, a farmer and a preacher's son in Georgia with a third grade education where he's seen, you know, uh, um, Ku Klux Klan kill people, mm -hmm. right? He, he once had a, it's a story in the Theology of Time, a book he wrote, and he said there's a white man he met that had a black person's ear in their pocket. You understand me? That he carried around just so that he can show Negroes and strike fear in them, mm. right? But he still, with growing up in that, seeing people get burned and lit in front of him, had the heart to go out there and still speak. Fearless. Fearlessly. And speak the highest truth in the land at a time where it was the most dangerous to do so. He was locked up for sedition because he refused to go to their wars, mm -hmm. right? He had a, a multi-million dollar empire during the time of his passing. So just from an entrepreneurial standpoint, right. a success of his legacy, the Honorable Elijah Muhammad has no equal. Right. You understand me? And the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan showcases an example of someone who has no scandals throughout his entire tier of leadership. Mm -hmm. And he was able to bring more black men and women together than any other man in history of time. So for me, you know, I, I have to look at the mind of those men is what I admire the most. Right. Right. Because I'm always working on my mind. Yes, sir. Right. And I believe that if we don't go as far or further than the ones before us, we're not making no progress. Mm -hmm. 
So the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan is 80-something today, and he still get on that rostrum and speak for two hours. Yeah, and he sharp. be saying something new I ain't never heard. Yeah, yeah. That, like, just from a mental standpoint, it has to be inspiring to see that. Yeah. And I'm a tourist, and you know the greatest speakers in the world is a tourist. You know, from- Whoa, uh, whoa, 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 Yeah, man, I got proof, though. Whoa, whoa. I ain't worried about it. I got proof. No, 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 no. What, what day? May 4th. I'm 11. Okay, yeah, all right then. Oh, uh, <laughs> look at that, I knew I liked you. I knew yeah, I liked you, I that's crazy. You. It's proof, see? Uh, no, you got Malcolm X was a tourist, mm. Mr. Farrakhan a tourist, mm. Dame Dash a tourist, wow. Shakespeare was a tourist, and I'm a tourist, and you a tourist. You understand me? So that's that's enough proof right there, but you know, um, I'm inspired by, you know, even people like Dame Dash, truth speakers. You know, I'm inspired by Jay-Z. I'm inspired yes, by sir. Kanye, right? I'm inspired by my peers, you know, EYL and, and Wall Street Trapper, Master Investor, and my brothers Bashir and Jack Heller and, and my peers, Steve and Amechi. Like, I'm inspired by real people that's in my life that I see every day get up and do something right, right against all odds. We come from environments where we weren't supposed to survive past a certain age. But in those environments, and, and, and to that point, I'll say this. We are a lot of, it's a lot of hypocritical values in our culture. Mm. And I say that because we will sit up here and go on Black Lives Matter. You know, we will meet, meet some more, do all these different things to stand for what's right. How can you feel a certain type of way if a white man kills a black person, but not feel a certain type of way if a black person kills a black person? Mm. A lot of our influential people in this day and time, we just lost a soul publicly. Um, and rest in peace to um, PNB. Didn't know him personally, mm -hmm. but that's a perfect example of the white man didn't kill him. Mm -hmm. Black people killed him. Mm -hmm. A black person killed him. Black person. And a lot of the tragedy comes off of that. So for me, it's like, to, to, to kind of piggyback off what you said, it's not necessarily seeing color, it's like, what is your mind? Yeah, like, but even in that instance of thought, so white people commit white on white crime, but it's not considered white on white crime. Black people commit black on black crime or proximity crime. Right, because if you go into, if you a killer, you're gonna kill people in your vicinity. Mm -hmm. You understand, people you have access to. Correct. If you get angry and you got conflict with somebody else, right, and it ends up being violent, you're gonna commit violent with that person, right? It's proximity. We have the only type of crime that's labeled black on black, right? When Asians commit Asian on Asian, Jews commit Jews on Jewish, right? Any people that's in proximity are gonna commit crimes against each other. So there's no proof that we commit more crimes against each other than any other group. So what happens is, is because I'm on both sides, because there's a lot of people that actually do rally very hard and tough against black on black murder. I just left my son and he got his movement boycott black murder, mm -hmm. right? We're are vehemently against the murder of us against each other and really just murder period, right? right? And then you have the idea that the institution right, of America has, you know, police officers, right, that people falsely believe that their oath and their duty was sworn to protect us, but it's not, it's to uphold the laws, Correct. right? So these people should not be committing crimes and atrocities against black people at higher degrees than anybody else. They shouldn't be committing crimes against nobody. Right. So when we see this happening, it's not just white on white, it's the system against us that we fight against. Right. And 
white crime against black crime is connected to a, a violent history. Right. Right. This is a 500 year history of whites committing the most atrocious and violent crimes, not just in a physical sense, but from Jim Crow, mm -hmm. from black codes, of course, from slavery to Willie Lynch to, you know, redlining, right, to Tuskegee experiments, to chattel slavery. They've, they've done things to us, right, that we've never been uh, uh, compensated for, mm -hmm. right, and that they've never even apologized for. And I seen Bill Maher the other day trying to justify slavery, saying that it happened everywhere around the world. Mm. So instead of them, you know, coming to terms with the type of deeds that they done against us, right. they trying to justify it and say, forget about it. Right. But we don't ask nobody else to forget about it. So that Band-Aid is torn every time a white man kills a black man, every time a police officer kills a black man because police officers were slave patrollers. Correct. So that history of white men getting into jobs, right, that's been connected to being, you know, white supremacists and Ku Klux Klan members, that history is drawn directly from the legacy of slavery. And we ain't been compensated for the work that we've done. Those patents that they stole from slaves have never been taken back and put into the rightful hands. Right? right? We, we, the, the, the land that was stolen, none of these things have been made right. So that we know in our heart that some of the conditions that we find ourselves in, because the hoods were made. Mm -hmm. These are not things that were natural. Ghettos was something they used to describe what was happening in other communities, Jewish communities, Irish communities. Black people were put and subjugated in these environments thrown in low, impoverished environments. The particle matter in the air is bad. There's food deserts, right? There's low income opportunities. The education is bad. So therefore, yes, you're going to get crime. But to this second point is, we no longer have excuses. Mm. The reason I say we no longer have excuses is because I'm not going out there preaching how the white man is making us do things and how his foot is on our neck. Mm -hmm. No. Now we're perpetuating these things against each other. It's a system that's just working now. Right. And what we have to do is number one, there's no reason for us to commit crimes when there's so many opportunities. Now we're going into a global recession, so things are getting ugly. But before that, opportunities galore, right? And so we have to take accountability and extreme ownership, mm -hmm. right, on what happens within our communities, within our lives. But before you can change the dynamic of your community, you have to change the dynamic within self and your own family. Without families, because families rule the world, mm. without families, there's nothing we can do. There is no structure, there's no foundation, there's no integrity to build on, right? And so sometimes we look at the symptom of the problem instead of the root. Mm. So we still complaining about symptoms of the disease, but not going to, well, what caused it so we can build a cure based on these issues. Right. And that's looking at education levels. Mostly it's about education, right? I, my, my, my speech now is about these E's because if we can get in uh, increased education, increased exposure, right? Increased uh, experience, right? And emotional intelligence and our level of execution, mm -hmm. then we can change everything in our communities today. Right. So is, there's a there's a ethnicity that I I really am inspired by and my question to you is, let's take the Jewish or the Italian uh, ethnicity, mm. right? And even more so, let's talk about the mob. Yeah. Right? Yeah. It was originated by five families, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Now, the corruption that is the face mask of that 
it wasn't built off of corruption. It was built off of them believing in something. Right. And it was it was segued and um, assigned to certain boroughs. Hey, listen, Keys, you got over here, book, you got over there, yeah. boom, hey, so-and-so, you got over there, and that's your section. You you control your section. Yeah. If we have any section, and at least we know we got a finger to point to that person, you gotta, we're holding you accountable for those certain, yeah. uh, certain things. Now, with that being said, do you think as a whole, as a culture, we're able to come together mm -hmm. and control our means? Mm. I, so with the mafia, our issue and our relationship, right? Because you know, we, we name ourselves Capone, we name ourselves Scarface, all these different things. We, we adapted all the negative things about the mafia, none of the positive things. Mm -hmm. None of the power things, I should say. Right. So with the family, right, we talked about this before on my high-level conversations about, you know, surrounding yourself around the LeBron in your family mm -hmm. or the Cam Newton in your family or the 19 Keys in your family and building off that. But more importantly is that when you want anybody to hold up any code, they have to be backed by something. Mm. So what they do is like, you know, you sh there's certain people that should be made people within a culture because they backed by the culture. So that family dynamic of saying that, yo, you can't touch Cam Newton, you understand me? You know who's behind him, who backs him? Because if you touch Cam Newton, now you gotta go against this family. Well, let's say you can take out this family, but now you gotta deal with the other five families. Correct. These five families have money, power, influence, mm -hmm. right? Black, nobody is afraid of black people because we don't back each other. Mm. When something happens, we left alone. Right, the most dangerous thing what happened with the Black Panthers is when Huey P. Newton was left out there, um, you know, and seemingly end up, you know, uh, abusing drugs or anything. That's FBI. Right. But when the people stood there on the front lines, and he utilized his education, and he was brave enough to teach people how to, you know, uh, guard their community and create these programs. It was the people' job to stand up for them. Mm -hmm. It was the people' job to make sure that they straight, that they not broke on the street. It was the people's job to make sure that those who stand on the front lines, you understand me, have backup. Right. So what we have is this disconnection between those who are the activists, the leaders, those who stand in front, and then nobody's behind them. Right. Right. So the, that family unit and dynamic is so powerful because a family is a microcosm of a nation. Right. Right. If a man can lead his family, he can lead a nation. It's a reason you don't see there's not go there, there's no presidents that are single. Mm. Right. Because he has to have proof of leadership, mm. proof of stability. Right. And so we have no leadership and no stability because the men, a lot of the men, and, and this is not true for all around the world. Uh, or throughout America, but a lot of men have left their households and left that responsibility and they feel like it's too much, right? And so the repairment of the black family is the repairment of us as a people because the first thing they stole from us was our ability to get along with our own women. Mm. You understand me? So when she says that she's the most disrespected woman out there, what she's saying is that you don't have respect. Wow. So therefore, they don't respect me. You understand me? Right. If they targeting violence against her, that means that you not protected, so you can't protect her. Mm -hmm. So it's not so much that she's complaining about the world, she's talking about you and you not being on your responsibility. Right. So with that dynamic, if black men and women, specifically that particular relationship, if it is not repaired and we don't learn how to create households, then there's nothing that we can do against the families that rule the world. Mm. 
right? So the mafia had great family dynamics. Listen, bro, we got this organization. I need you to become a lawyer. Yes, sir. You become an engineer. I need you to learn blockchain. I need you to learn finance. Mm -hmm. So now everybody has a role that they can play right. for the family structure. They, they have a main artery to make the body work. Exactly. And to that point, I judge a man off two principles. Mm. Fuck what he say. You show me a woman. Yeah. And you show me your kids. Yeah. That's how I judge you. Yeah. You can say, man, I'm the realest nigga in this motherfucker. Yeah. Da, 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 da. But your girl ain't portraying that. Yeah. Your kid's disrespectful. Mm. No, sir, no, ma'am. Yes, sir, yes, ma'am. Mm. They not that. That's a fact. Right? And I'm, in a, and I'm in a situation now with my life where I'm at a crossroad where do I leave my family and they go chase the career that will give them the financial means or... This is an intricate part of their lives that they need me the most. Mm. You know what I mean? And I'm told between the two, but yet I, I'm, I'm a person who comes from family. You know what I'm saying? I come from a, I come from a strong alpha male dominated household that I knew right from wrong. You know what I mean? I knew how to handle myself in, 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 in a room full of hyenas. I knew how to handle myself in a room full of lions. Yeah. And it, I, I never tucked my tail. I never cowered. I never, it's, it's, it's always going to be, it's going to be what it's going to be, bro. Yeah. Do what you got to do. Yeah. I ain't going to bitch. I ain't going to complain. I ain't going to point the finger. I'm going to point the thumb before I point the finger. Yeah. You feel me? So where you, where, where we at right now, it's like, okay, even, even the guests that I have on that are minority females, beautiful queens. They got to stop celebrating sucker shit. That's a fact. You feel me? Like, bro, stop giving yourself to a sucker. Because if a sucker is still celebrated, mm -hmm. then you celebrating sucker shit. Yeah, then that makes men want to become suckers so that they can be celebrated. Come on, But man. I want to say something that you said, because I think language is important. I don't think the choice is leaving the family for the career, I think that you, it's a duality that can happen where both things can happen simultaneously, right? Because you're leading the family while building, right, for home, mm -hmm. right? And I think that it just establishes a different strategy that you go out and the understanding that they have. Because if the language is, yo, I gotta leave y'all while I do this, no. I'm going to lead y'all while I do this, meaning that there's going to be a time gap. Maybe there may be less time that I can be here, but what I'm doing is I'm building for the foundation that's here. Right. So now they see the sacrifice in different ways because they understand that this is just a stage that we're going through while Pops is leading us. Mm -hmm. You dig? But I only say that because the world makes us feel like we have to leave family, right? But the whole time, you are the head and you are always leading your family. It just depends on how are you leading them. Right. How are you leading them in times of absence is based on what you give them in times of your presence. Mm. You understand me? And I don't think that there should ever be a choice where a black man makes to leave his family, even if it's in like a hypothetical sense, right, right, right. but more so just the, just the way that the family feel about that. Because there was times where my pops wasn't there, right? And if he would have had better communication on what was going on with him during that time, I would have seen that absence and that gap differently. Mm -hmm. You understand me? But my issue is I couldn't communicate with him during the times of his absence. Right. And he didn't let me know why. But during when he was there, I just had to see him as a man. Like, oh, well, you a human being. Mm -hmm. This is what allowed me to see 
my parents in a different light. I didn't look at them as pops, I looked at them as a man. Right. Right? That you didn't have your father, there were certain things that was missing, there's dynamics between this relationship. I look at my mother and I look at my father as people, and now I don't judge you anymore. Mm-hmm. You understand me? And now I can measure your deeds and I can see why you make those decisions because of necessity. So a man definitely has to go out there and hunt to make sure that his family is provided for, but we also have this great ability to where, you know, if a man went to war back in the day, he had to write his family. Mm-hmm. And then every so often, you know what I mean, the carrier comes to deliver those letters. Right. Now, shit, we can FaceTime. Now we can get on the Zoom and say, well, let's have a family dinner. Mm-hmm. You understand me? Like we have options to make sure we maintain connection. Right. And that connection is important because that those are the means that allows us to make sure that family is able to be maintained. But Capitalism doesn't teach you that these two go hand in hand. Yes, sir. While every last name, whether it's Colgate to Hennessy, whether it's Chase Bank, these, uh, JP Morgan and them, these are family last names mm-hmm. that they have directly integrated to make sure that they can control industries and time for the next 100 years. Mm-hmm. So we have to make sure that even our children and our family understand what we're doing so they can carry on our legacy. Right. You dig? But I just wanted to say that just because I understand that dynamic. Like very my well. thing, my thing. I have seven children. Yeah, see what I'm saying it's tough. Mm. You know what I mean? To you gotta to, get some money. To trap. You know what I mean? You can't. <laughs> you can't be no broke dude with that many kids. Yeah. To to how many to, baby mothers? Two. Two. Okay. Right. And it's not like you can have that many children and provide. You can. And you plan on having more? I want to have more. I need to have more. How many more? I want five more. We gonna have a tribe of twelve. You know what I mean? Twelve tribes. I wanna. I really. I. I settle for four. I'll do eleven. Okay. Anybody who knows me know I want eleven children. I've been. I've been yeah. saying that since I was eight. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it, and it, and I always stood on a principle. And I, I. It doesn't necessarily all have to be off of, you know, my sperm. Yeah. I can adopt. Why are you willing to adopt? That's you know what I'm saying? I. In essence, I've done it now. You oh. feel me? Because I have five biological children. Yeah. Two children came from each one of my baby moms. Yeah. And you can't tell them that I'm not theirs and vice versa. Right. I I I feel like God put them in my life as the surrogate father, even when they do have a biological father. I'm not stepping on the biological father's toes. Right. I'm just trying to show up in their life in a way that if they say, I know what a man's like, because Cam was that for me. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And one of them was That's a boy, one of them was a girl. So you know, I have two different so you're dynamics. Trying to beat Nick Cannon. Yeah, I don't think it's a competition, but you know what I mean. It's uh, <laughs> neck and neck. I don't know. Listen, who's it's 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 peace. <laughs> it's happiness. Cause when I go home, once you acquire a large sum a sum of money, mm-hmm. when no is no longer in people's vocabulary to say it's like, hey, I want this. No, you can't have it. Right. What's the price point? When you can pay that ticket to say, okay, I want to fly a private jet. Okay, I want to do this. I want to acquire this shot. I want to buy this car. I want to buy this mansion. What else is there that gives you happiness? Mm-hmm. And when I, every single time I pick my children up, which I'm going to pick them up today, mm. that there's no feeling than when you stick your head into a classroom and you hear, Daddy! Or when you open up the door and then you hear 14 footsteps, Daddy! And then there's there's nothing, no money, no nothing that can give you that that type of thrill. I feel that that's fulfillment. So for even for you, it's like as, as you being a good looking African American man, right? You're woke. 
you know what you want. Where's your better half? Oh, she chilling right now. She chilling. She's in your life. Yes. Right. Yeah. And as you identify, help me, help me, do, help me do this. Identify what is a rest of peace to Kevin Samuels. Mm. Right. Identify what is a high valued woman. A high valued woman. That's a great question. I, I think first. Hey, somebody who knows himself, mm -hmm. you understand me? Like finding a woman who knows who she is, where she's from, her foundation, um, it definitely helps to have a great family unit, but I understand the reality of America today that a lot of families are messed up and oftentimes don't have a father or maybe even a mother in the household, you know? So if she's feminine, number one, that's the greatest quality you're gonna find within a woman, number one, right. a feminine woman. Right, because a woman that is truly tapped into her feminine nature is a nurturer. Mm. She is a healer, right? And when she has that healing and that nurturing, and not only that, she is a multiplier. Mm. Meaning that anything that you give her, she will help you multiply. Yes. You understand me? Today's women are takers, right? They just want to receive. They don't know how to take what is given to them and help multiply it. Mm. So a woman, if you, you think about what a woman has that a man doesn't have, and that's a wound. You understand me? What we give her, she takes that within her womb, and she got that big womb energy, she gonna multiply, mm -hmm. right? She's going to produce. Your job is to give her something healthy to produce. A man has a vision, a woman helps produce that vision into reality. So a, a, a high-value woman is a helpmate, mm. right? For different men of different classification and economic levels, they gonna say, well, I need a woman that has money, a woman that has her own, and things of that nature, particularly not for you know, well, so that she can add something to the relationship in case this. But hold on, hurt. hold on. So but that's hold on, not what hold I on, see. Hold on, hold on. Talk we, to me. I gotta stop right there. Yeah. Because submissive mm -hmm. can be translated yeah. as second fiddle. Mm. Submissive could be also translated as oppressed by the man. Mm. I've been guilty of stating the type of woman that I want, not yeah. you. What type not of woman? Well, because I want to talk about the topic of submission because I, I understand that dynamic. But I got a lot of flack from it because yeah. what you say? Me knowing, me knowing what type of woman that was in my life that raised me, yeah, was a submissive woman. She wasn't weak. Yeah. No, she, submission she, is power. Yeah, but listen, the backlash that came with it was, oh, Cam, you don't, you need to stand on, you know, being a advocate for women and women aren't just meat for men when they want it, you know, this, that, and the third, because it highlighted a, a sign to me. It was like, well, I never intended my words to, to hurt a genre, a different gender, whatever you identify with. But at the same time, like, like I said earlier, we live in a very sensitive time. Yeah. So submission or submissive has to be identified as a person who sees something and provides value to it. Now, back in the day, Back in the 90s, 80s, 70s, or whatever, women 
didn't have necessary right. Women needed men to have protection. Mm -hmm. In this day and age, it's more women making more money than doggone dudes is. So how do you tell a woman to take second place to a man? It's like, man, I make more money than you. I do. I, for Father's Day, you got more children looking at a woman as a father than a man mm -hmm. as a father. You see what I'm saying? No woman could ever be a father. But I'm, I'm saying that to, to fix what any viewer may deem and say, oh, you got 19 key, he's another one under the Weinstein umbrella where, like, like, no, no. I want you to speak to your definition yeah. of, um, of uh, not submission, uh, what's the word? What'd you just say? So I said submission, I was talking about submission. Submissive. Submissive. Not submission. So submissive is well, what to you? So submissive is the act of submission. So, you know, a person to have submissiveness, that's their quality to be able to submit, right? And it also goes to your ability to be agreeable, mm -hmm. right? Because a man is supposed to come with a vision and a program, right? And he is going to present that to say, do you agree? Do you submit to that? But first, he has to speak on what he submits to. Right. Because a woman can't submit to a man that doesn't submit to God. Yes, sir. That's the qualifier right there. Because what she's doing is saying that I'm submitting to your act of submission to God. This is your vision. Because now she can hold you accountable. Because if you stray from what you say you submit to, she ain't got to submit no more. Mm -hmm. Because you no longer submitting to God. So now she can't, she can't, because it's, it's, it's like a direct correlation where she's basically submitting to God through you at the same time because yes, you're a vessel, right? If a man doesn't have a vision, he don't need a woman because what she's saying is, I agree to this program that you have, mm -hmm. right? The dynamics of masculine and feminine and men and women is so messed up nowadays. People don't know what it is. It's all about just deconstructing every philosophy and saying that, well, I don't think the ancestors were right. And I stopped people in that track. Well, tell me what works. Because everybody thinks that they can come up with a formula that works, right? That's why we got a billion genders, but nobody can tell you what they mean. Mm. You understand me? Because everybody just wants to have a brand of individualism that they think works. But the reality of it is, is that when it comes to masculine and feminine energies, there has to be a rhythm of submission and flow right. that happens within that relationship. I don't care how much money you got. Mm -hmm. There's no woman in the world that I'll submit to based on some money. Mm -hmm. You understand me? There's no man in the world I'll submit to based on some money. Right, so even a man's money is not his qualifier for submission. It's about his vision and who he is and what he submits to. Because then she can be like, I agree to that. This is your this is your domain. You understand me? You say you don't want certain things, then you don't want that. And I'm not changing nothing. You know what I'm saying? Because at the same time, you know, you know, they call it high value. I'm just a high godly man. You did. Right. I know I'm of the zero point zero 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 one. Not the zero. Yeah, man. We gotta add a bunch. Yeah, of yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I know I'm of that of that class. So that means that I understand what my options is in reality. Right. So I'm not going to accept nothing less. Mm -hmm. You understand me? And so a lot of men don't even have conditions, right? They want the woman to submit to them. I want her to submit to God through me. Yes, sir. You understand me? And that anytime I'm not acting in accordance to the will of God, then she can check me on it. Yeah. Cause she could be like, bro, you out here doing this. You told me that this was the way you submitted to God. How am I gonna submit to you if you're not submitting to it? Right. You did? So I think that submission is power. Cause if a man can't submit, then he can never lead himself. Right. Right? When I was younger, 
we have military drills, and I had to submit to whoever was giving that order, left face, right face, right? Then when we go out in the field and I'm giving instructions, I have to follow that to a T like a soldier, right? But learning how to take orders taught me how to give orders. Mm. So it was the act of submission that gave me the power in the first place, right? right? So if a woman comes in, and, and, and the Honorable Ms. Lufar kind of say, the woman's home is not her place, it's her base, mm. right? It's her operations. That's where she does her duties. You understand me? And so I think that the way it seemed as if it's something weak. No, this is how we strengthen this unit that we call a family together. So when we go out and we operate our business, we operate our organization, we operate our love and what we do in the world, we're seen as one unit. Right. Right, but if there's no submission within that unit, then therefore everybody is warriors. I'm just gonna go do what I want to. Right. No, that's not how it works. Yeah. You dig? So, and, and you have to show me where everybody has these new relationship standards and rules. Show me longevity on how that works. You can't because it's so fresh right. that there is no way to see, okay, this work for, there ain't no children that can say this, this work for my parents. Mm -hmm. No, we know traditionalism, but men, submit more to tradition, right? And because the new expression with women is more around sexual freedom and different freedoms, then they don't want to be accustomed to traditions and roles anymore. Right. While men still want those traditions and roles. Right. A lot of men, and, and, and real men, a lot of ways. So that's what creates this divide. So when you say, yeah, my woman gotta submit for sure, right? But then at the same time, it is based on what I submit to. Correct. You know so when this we go is, to a job, we definitely submit. Correct. In every other form, we submit. Correct. This is what I said, and this was the, 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 the tagline or the title. We don't need no more bad bitches. We need more women. Come on, that's a fact. See what I'm saying? Well, women don't even know what bitch mean. I seen a brother, academics got in trouble with saying the word bitch, and we were talking about this earlier. It's like, the word bitch is more nuanced than the word nigga nowadays. Mm. Right, because there's so many different ways of how a woman describes being a bad bitch, mm -hmm. right? But if you call her a bitch, then it's disrespectful. If you say, these bitches is doing this, it's disrespectful. If maybe, sometimes if you call her a bad bitch yourself, she gonna take it as disrespect. Mm. So, you know, when you got a word like that, it's too problematic for it to, to ever be a, a aspirational. Right. Like being a bad bitch has nothing to do with her morals, her goals. It's just this brand that they put Specifically, when I think about black women, mm -hmm. to not be mothers, to not be women, mm -hmm. to not be feminine. Because those are not the things you saying when you saying you a bad bitch. It's often upon, you know, how you look. It's about your exterior. It's about your presentation. Right. It's about some of your ambitions, but it has nothing to do with your feminine qualities. So to even to that, I was saying, like, I grew up in a three-parent household. Mm -hmm. My grandmother, yeah. my mother, yeah. and my father. That's what's up. So... For me, I knew what a strong, independent woman was by my grandmother and my mother. Mm. And I also stated, was quoted to saying, you call yourself a bad bitch, but you don't know how to cook. But you don't know how to be quiet when a man is talking. Now, I, I then changed that because that was harsh. You see what I'm saying? That was that was very venomous. But I don't know. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Please let me finish, because 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 that's how I got fucked up in the first place. Because I didn't because I didn't experience. I didn't I didn't explain. But it's also for the man. When you have a good woman, you have to know when to be quiet too. 
You have to also know if my woman, my partner, right? Because we live in a day and time where you got women with women, men with men. I don't look at them. I don't look down on them. I don't look up to them. I just look them as equal, right? So for me, it may not be something that I agree with, but at the end of the day, I don't judge, right? I want everybody to be happy. But once you find your partner, it's not a dictatorship in your place of refuge, well, that's a fact. which is home, which is wherever. And a lot of men don't know when you got a good source in your life to, if she's saying, hold on, Cam, you ain't up, up hearing to the standards that this household needs you to, because most men are egotistical. They're saying like, no, nah, woman, stay in your place. I don't, I don't agree with that. I never agree with it. But at the same time, when I said that then, I didn't go into explaining what I really meant because there are some dope ass chicks out there that have very great qualities and values that they take that product and give it to a sucker. Mm -hmm. Going back to you're highlighting or you're celebrating a sucker. So for me, it's like here we are in a situation where we've identified, okay, I'm a bad bitch. Mm -mm. I give me a Birkin, you know what I'm saying? Get me a, you know what I'm saying? This, uh, a Van Cleef, you know what I'm saying? Get me a Cartier bracelet, me, Rolex me, bust down me, please, da 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 da. And what, but I'm like, hey, look, I don't, I don't need, yeah, I could get you all that, but how are you refueling me to be able to attack this world mm -hmm. so we can attack it together? Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So for you, in a sense, it's almost, Going back to the to the question, and I ask you this: Could you be you personally? Could you be a stay-at-home father? Hell no. <laughs> but why though? Because I'm an in the field guy. You understand me? What I'm gonna stay at home for? No, but I'm saying, like, say for instance, say your partner. I don't care if she make a billion. Right. But listen, your partner yeah. makes a billion dollars. Yeah. Right. Y'all yeah. have. To, do you have any kids? Not yet. Right. You have children. Mm -hmm. It's better that she goes out and she makes the coin. Why? She already got a billion. Yeah. Bruh. How much more she need to make? Shit, now it's time for me to go get some money. Okay. Shit. okay. But it's, <laughs> if y'all a partner, yeah. that's both y'all. But what, see, especially when we talk about this, let's just say the billion dollar, because it gets to the idea that whatever you're doing out there, you're never going to be satisfied. Mm hmm. You understand me? You will never be fulfilled. Anybody, you know, my bro uh, Keenan tell me this story. He met this white billionaire. He just had billions. And he had these people come over. He said, you, he asked him, how come you think nobody from our culture makes this type of money? You don't see more billionaires. He said, because I ain't never met a black person more greedier than me. Mm. You understand me? The culture of greed that we have, you understand me, and, and, and what we going towards, we see that as ambition, capitalistic. But that doesn't actually have any value when it comes to the dynamics of I'm a man and you are a woman. Mm -hmm. You want me to grade your value based on the things you have. I'm only gonna grade your value based on who you are. Mm. You understand me? And there's no way you can have a greater degree of value than me because of what you have, because of who I am. Mm -hmm. You understand me? Malcolm X had less than 99% of every entertainer in the world, but he was more than 99% of every entertainer in the world. There's men and women who go to the graveyards, millionaires, 
but they forgotten the day after. Mm. You understand me? Because it's not about what you obtain, it's about who you become. Mm. You understand me? So it's for me as a man, I'm a man that is full of idea, thought, and vision. A well-working man has vision and ideas. But a, right? woman, a woman can't be that? She can, but a woman has to be masculized to be in that position, mm -hmm. right? So it's already gonna change the energetic dynamics in that household. Right. A man is not born to be in a subservient, submissive condition, especially a masculine male. Mm -hmm. It's studies and tests that show you that particular thing, right? What are you gonna do? You're gonna have to become effeminated in order to fit in that position because that's not who you naturally are, mm -hmm. right? Almost to say, to, to your point, you can try your best. Mm -hmm. To domesticate a lion. Yeah. Well, go bite you one day. <laughs> it's sooner or later, his natural instincts are gonna take over. Yeah. And as you're saying, as an alpha male, yeah. you can only domesticate it to a degree. Sooner or later, that alpha male is going to. Because it goes have against his very nature. Mm -hmm. Your nature gonna always fight to express itself, right. right? And so it's gonna present issues. And then that woman, for the most part, she's not gonna be happy if she's out there killing and taking over the world and she got an old weak ass man that's just cooking, and, and, I mean, that's just washing dishes at the crib. That man ain't got no power. He can't protect her, he can't provide for her, he can't do nothing. Not for the most part. You know, I speak to the man that 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 want to become natural, that want to become leaders, mm -hmm. that want to go out there and do something in the world. If you want to be sit at home and wash dishes and cook for your woman, you ain't got to listen to me, because mm -hmm. all you got to do is start. Right. I'm talking about men that want to tap into who they are and they want to conquer and rule because that's our natural position in the world. Correct. When we look around, we can't see nothing that's built by us. Mm. You understand me? So I know we got work to do. So why do I look like sitting at home and sending my woman out to become a woman king? Mm -hmm. You know what I'm talking about? That's not how it really works in the function and order of things. I look outside and I look at every football team, every NBA team, every skyscraper, every business, every bank. It's all owned by a white man. Right. So you going to tell me I ain't got work to do? Mm. You understand me? So I should uh, 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 forfeit my position because he built so much. And now we find ourselves in a bad position. And now you want to be in the forefront of me as well. Mm. So not only am I behind him, I'm behind you. You understand me? So I could never be comfortable. I need a throne. And I have to build a kingdom in order for me to be comfortable. And my job is to maintain, protect, and produce. Absolutely. But if I don't produce nothing, I don't have nothing to protect. And I ain't got shit to maintain. So for people who does see this, for the viewer, they may ask themselves, okay, you, are, you've, you have identified that you have a partner, right? Mm -hmm. Now, the question is, obviously, with your religion, it states that you can have multiple partners. That's what it states in certain conditions. But for you, right, do you believe in monogamy? Yes. Do you practice monogamy? Yes. Right? So you could be with one person. I can. I mean, I understand the conversation around polygamy. I think, you know, I was talking to my father about this idea that men are held to a higher degree because we have more responsibility. Mm -hmm. You understand me? We're supposed to take on more responsibility. You know, when some of the greatest men I look up to have multiple wives, and I grew up in Oakland, California, I seen a man who had multiple wives, and he was a millionaire and things of that nature. Mm -hmm. So I grew up seeing But did I, he have peace? I don't know. Mm, okay. I don't know. I can't tell you whether he had peace or not. Um, and I can't tell you how successful it was. But what I can tell you is that if if... The ideas of gay marriage are accepted, that I don't see any issue with the ideas of polygamy being accepted by society. Mm. You understand me? If we can reconstruct the rules to fit, 
you know, um, preference, then why can't you reconstruct the rules to fit preference on this side? Right. So I think that, number one, I'm just saying that as, as a statement that it opened the door, right, right for all people on how they want to live based on how they want a nation built. Mm -hmm. Now, when it comes to polygamy, I don't think that 99% of the brothers who think that they're ready for it are ready. Right. Right, because the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan say that, you know, it, 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 one is good for you. You understand me? If you only knew what having multiple women were, you probably wouldn't go for it. Mm -hmm. Because if you are really agreeing to take on the responsibility of treating this woman in the way that she's supposed to be treated, that is a high degree of responsibility. It is. A high degree. Lordy. But if you don't see them as much value, you can have as many as you want because you don't feel like that's going to be that much of a responsibility. Mm -hmm. You understand me? So I think that you know, I'm not a, I'm not against it. Mm -hmm. I'm not. I think that most men in America are not against polygamy. I think the idea is ideal. But because imagination, I'm, we 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 think as multiple women, man, it sounds like heaven. It does. But even then, from the women's standpoint, it's like, okay, you can have multiple girls. So can I have multiple men? No, because huh, let's say you get pregnant by one man. You understand me? What the other man supposed to do? Mm. What we supposed to do? We just sit around and just wait nine months till it's our time. You know what I'm saying? Weird that you, I think that gender roles are subscribed by nature, not man, mm. right? Nature shows us what's possible and what's not possible, right? And then you build on based on what our nature is, right? Feminine, masculine. You have a womb, I don't, right? So we automatically gonna have different levels of responsibility, right? The woman, when she has a child, she has a different level of responsibility than a man. Mm -hmm. Because what she pours into that child, right? So like a woman cooking is, is, is not even really about the man's satisfaction. It's about her being the healer in the household. Yes. Right? When the child gets sick, she got to sit on to the doctor for some Robitussin or some Tylenol. She don't know how to whip up the proper herbs, right, in order to get that child back to health. Mm -hmm. She, she, see, back in the day, the woman had the knowledge of those things in the household. So now we, we have pharmacia in the household, right? We have a healer, we have a nurturer. So man takes on those attributes of a good woman and thinks that they are for him specifically, but it's for the family. Right. So that role that she plays in the family as she's gearing that child up is key. And a woman can't be, she, you know, a high value woman is gonna be intelligent, mm -hmm. right? You get a dumb woman, you can't do nothing with her because how can she help you if she doesn't know anything? Mm. Now, your job as a man is to be a proper educator. What you pour into that woman, she gonna pour into that child. Yes, That's sir. your future generations to come. The two things. I yes. So these are the responsibilities that coincide with each other. So now, not only are you teaching one woman, you gotta teach multiple women if you got multiple women. Mm -hmm. You gotta grow multiple women. You have to tend to multiple emotions, mm. right? You know how much work that is? If you got just employees, you can understand that. Right. If you gotta deal with, you gotta sit down, everybody gotta come in, you gotta deal with human resource issues, talk to them, all right, what's your feelings? What you got going on today? Mm -hmm. You drain by the end of the day. Train. Not yeah. only that, you gotta, you, gotta, you gotta have sex with them to, you know, so uh, make sure that you're stimulating them properly. Correct. You, this is a lot of responsibility. Lot. But most men only think about the part, man. The sex. Back, one rubbing my feet, one massaging yeah. my shoulders. You feel me? I'm in heaven. I might have another one serving me some tea or something, man. We some grapes. It sounds really good because you don't think about your responsibility. Right. And it's a lot that goes into it. And not even to mention ego oh, man. in that. You got, let's, let's eliminate the woman. 
the man, the human, yeah. right? Ego is real. Oh, super. Oh, you doing this with her. Why I don't go to the movies. You took me to see the quick movie. I wanted to see the long movie. You stay at home. Like, man, it's, it's a lot. Sounds like a lot of experience. Yeah, uh, you should, uh, listen. <laughs> I've been around the block a couple times. Very specific. You know what I'm saying? I'm parked right now, happily parked. Yeah. But at the end of the day, bro, man, I, 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 I search for peace. Yeah. Right now where I'm at, at 33. That's another That's another key, a woman that can provide peace. Oh, my Lord. I, 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 I'm a black man in America. I'm fighting the world as soon as I step outside my house. You know what I mean? I can't fight the world and then come back in the house and fight you too. That's a fact. That's what one situation, let alone you have other situations. You know what I'm saying? You know, the black man is the most targeted man in the world. You understand? The me? most dangerous man. The most too. dangerous, and that's why he's the most targeted. Mm. When we look at every statistic in America, from crime to prison rates to disease, we at the top. Mm. The top, black men specifically. Mm -hmm. There's no empathy for the black man in the world. There's nobody spreading those statistics saying that, man, we need to help the black man, he in trouble. So when you have a woman that can give you peace, knowing what you up against, that's heaven for you. Ugh. And that is heaven. Like man doesn't wait, right, to uh, have heaven when he dies. He makes heaven while he's, while he's alive. He has not even made, he builds it. Mm. You understand me? And so your relationship you have with your woman can provide you heaven or can provide you hell, mm. right? And so you need somebody to confine to when you go out from the world. But you having a good woman, I need to talk to you, yeah. right? She's helping you vet the world. Yo, you know so-and-so ain't good for you. It's a snake. I see our breath move. Mm. You understand me? Um, she's sitting in the meeting with you, scoping things out. Mm. So you, you, you know, the problem with a lot of weak men is they want their woman to remain weak and dumb. Mm. You understand me? Because they afraid that if I teach her what I know, she may surpass me. Mm. She may feel like she don't need me. But see, a man that is constantly growing is not afraid of teaching his woman everything that he knows because mm. he's going to constantly learn and learn more. Right. And then at some point in time, if not when she comes into the relationship, then she's going to be teaching you things. She's going to be adding things. Yo, babe, you said you wanted to do this. Boom. Got the paperwork done. Called up so-and-so. Now y'all building. Yeah. Nowadays, people want to have separation of dreams. Mm. No, you got to bring it together under one team. Right. Whew. Big, big... Big Eliante's getting Aww. dropped right now, bro. But like, before we get out of here, I want I want to use this platform. I want you to use this platform to obviously highlight what you got going on. Yes, sir. Um, you know, obviously a CEO in many different formats. Uh, talk to me about them, man. You know what I try to do is, you know, I try to educate, you know, and stimulate our culture in the highest matter. So I consider myself to be a thought leader of the culture. You understand me? And with every business that I have, like specifically right now, we focus on is this block world order, which the block, you know, and it, it has a double entendre to it. You understand me? Because the way that this new world order is rolling out, they say that you will own nothing and be happy, right? And what we want to teach people is about ownership and about skill development so you can increase your value, mm -hmm. right? So that goes into number one, financial literacy, right? Financial literacy leads us to economic freedom, mm. right, and financial liberation. But one of the issues that we have throughout the world is our literacy rates are, literacy rates are very low. We don't understand trust, right? We don't understand insurance, right? We don't understand business development. We don't understand marketing. We don't understand sales, 
right? We don't understand how to, you know, properly hire. We don't understand how to have a CTO in the business. We don't understand cryptocurrency, decentralized finance. We don't, we don't have Web3 education. We don't understand AI, and AI right now is, is, is going disrespectfully fast. Mm -hmm. And it's an industry that nobody's paying attention to. You know that they got a software out there now where you can just type it in and it will create pictures based on what you say, mm. right? So there's new fields called prompt engineering, being able to describe scenes and allow the AI to build it for you. Mm -hmm. These children are not taught about that in school right now. So by the time they get to an adult age, they're going to be lost. There's going to be somebody else that they have to figure out how to work for, but these people are not going to need them because their skill sets are not going to be valuable enough to do anything inside their job. Right. So we want to provide people with the skills of the future. You understand me? With that you can use right now. Mm -hmm. So like we have tools like algorithmic trading, but we also teach Forex, crypto, stocks, right? All of these different things, but we teach it in a curriculum to where you can learn like you at a university, right? right? You get to pick what your major is essentially. What do you want to learn? We teach you how to create an ebook so you can become an author and then teach you how to, you know, uh, do marketing and funnels and do sales. Like whatever that vertical is, Block World Order wants to provide. But specifically, when it comes to the blockchain, we don't understand it. The blockchain, it's, it's, it's the same thing as this was 1995 and 6, and we're not understanding the internet. Mm -hmm. The amount of money that we missing out, an opportunity that we missing out at scale, by our ignorance is staggering, right? And so we're going through this global recession. How do you have skills while you're going through this recession, learning where to pivot, what to build? Do you know what to go into your portfolio? What, what sectors of stocks to buy to diversify, mm -hmm. right? What commodities that you should be investing in? Like, we don't have a roadmap for anything. Hope is our only strategy most of the time, or we're waiting on a savior, which is often the government. So when you talked about, I had a, a program, which is called the Wealth Standard, which is I'm going to throw in the BWO, where one thing that we taught about was how every community builds wealth. How the Asian community builds wealth, the Jewish, we went all the way down to how the Amish community builds wealth, the Hispanic community builds wealth, right? Because if you don't have any standards towards wealth, you'll never build it. So we don't want to make wealth some black excellence thing, we want to make it a normal thing. Mm. Right? Like, how do you create the next generation of trust fund babies? Mm -hmm. So a lot of times when we look at things as of the now and we say, well, I don't want those things because you're not thinking about the future generations to come. Mm -hmm. You got seven children. If you buying Bitcoin or Ethereum, it's for their future. Mm -hmm. You're good right now. But what's going to be the money of the future is what you, we got to pay attention to. Right? right? It says that by 2053, and I believe this is a totally false statistic, but there are reports to back it up. They say that we're going to have 0% wealth. But the reporters- Zero, who is we? Black community. Okay. In 20 years past that, they say the brown community will have 0% wealth, right? But what they're saying is, is the fact that they said we're going to own 0% assets. Now, the thorn in the side of that is this new culture of financial teachers and educators, right? Where we're making sure that that's not true because what is an asset, right? It's something of value, that increased value, something that holds value. So all we have to do is educate our people on how to create a portfolio right, so that we can instantly change that narration. Because right now, if a black person goes and get them a college degree, they still have less wealth than a white high school dropout, mm. right? That's dangerous. So not only that, when we teach people these things, we teach them about investments, but you gotta teach them how to make money to have money to invest, mm -hmm. right? But money is everywhere. It's always screaming. 
I always say that the, our biggest problem is that we were taught to chase money instead of create value. Mm. Money chases value, right? But when you chase money, it's running away from you because it's chasing value. Correct. <laughs> you understand me? So when we create business and we become producers, we got to have products. Mm -hmm. We got to have software and hardware, physical products and digital products. When we produce something, then other people come and buy. But we don't produce nothing, so every dollar we have goes out, mm. right? How do you set up your family to create, you know, a family logo? What's your family crest? What does your last name mean? Back in the day, there were family Bibles that was a representation of what that family meant. You can go in there and you can write the creed, right? You can write what that family was. So now, when you say you a Newton, oh, I know your family. I know what they stand for. I know what industry they're a part of. Oh, well, I knew your father. Your father's a good man. Yeah. We don't have that same sort of structure no more. Mm -hmm. You dig? So it's about re-implementing that and making sure that we don't get left behind, mm. right? Like, this technological disruption is providing all of the means that our ancestors wished they had. Yeah. It was a civil rights leader, he said that, you know, back in the day, we had all of the righteous demands, but no resources. Mm. Today we have all the resources, but no righteous demands, mm. right? So the block world order is making sure that not only we have this super mind, this super mind is how to help you get into the flow of things. Our biggest issue is that we are distracted. If you can keep the mind of God distracted, it don't produce nothing. If they say in the beginning it was the word, right? When we speak, you say be and it is. Mm -hmm. We at this point where we say be and maybe later. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Be and tomorrow. And we keep putting it off on tomorrows and it becomes a never ending list of Correct. never happens. You dig? So now, you know, I told this story at Revolt about the story of the first procrastinator in history. So it was these two brothers, they, they out in the field and they working on the pyramid. Mm -hmm. You understand me? And they trying to get the bricks, you know what I'm saying? They, they got to roll them and do however they do. And the one brother's like, you know what? This is hard right now. It's hot out here. How about we do this tomorrow? You understand me? Let's do this later. He said, later? What's later? He said, later is a point in time when we ain't got to do it right now. He thought about it for a second. He said, oh, shit, I like that. Let's do it later. And from that point on, it created an ancestral lineage of procrastinators mm. and people who put off what they're supposed to be doing right now, tomorrow. Mm. That tomorrow never comes and they never build anything. You know what I'm saying? Later. <laughs> so we used to be a people that only spoke in the present. Mm. There was, wasn't words for the near future, tomorrow, later, next week. You understand me? Uh, uh, decades, weeks, centuries, years, hours, minutes, seconds. These are increments and in times that we now live by, but we were always a present people. So every thought that we had, like a baby, a baby only knows now and next. Mm. We are born masters of the universe, connected to our creativity, time, the function of thinking in a proper, and then we have to become students of the world. We become indoctrinated with the ways of the world so that we can become citizens of the world. Mm -hmm. Because the rulers of the world have to teach us how they want us to operate in their world. So being able to develop this supermind to control your own time right. and language, 
right? Language is important. Every level of consciousness comes with a new language. Mm. The rich man knows a different language than the poor man. Mm. That's why when Jay-Z said that this ain't that cap table, people were talking, he thought he was talking about lids. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. They didn't know he was talking about it's, the market it's a cap triple, table. It's a triple entendre. You're talking about entendre. cap table. We ain't lying yeah. about it either. You this ain't no saying? cap. So it's, it, was, it was different, but it's like the rich man don't speak the same language as the poor man. Right. It's the same thing when it comes to character and morals. The man with integrity speaks different than the man who lies. Mm. You understand me? He lives through the operation of truth. So learning to develop a super mind to where everything you say you do. Yeah. Right? Procrastination is the abortion clinic of ideas, right? <laughs> so when we procrastinate, those things that we would give birth to, yeah. those ideas that we hold on to, Later. man, because the most, you know this, the most um, painful part of the process of birth is the crowning phase, mm. right? Sometimes a woman got to go through the anesthesia. She got to get the numb because it's so painful. You know, sometimes she got to get a C-section and get it cut open because she, she don't want to do it at that time. It's too painful because you're right there at that point where you got to give birth to something. That's that point where most people quit. Mm. You understand me? Because pain is procrastination, right? Procrastination is pain. They, they've studied this and they have done shown that when a person procrastinates, the same thing light up in their brain is pain. Mm. Because it, it feels like, no, I don't want to do this. I don't feel like it. So it goes from a logic to an emotion. Now you're in your feelings, right? But time ain't got nothing to do with feelings. It has to do with motion. Mm. You understand me? We, Like I said, we do not have time. We make time. Right. Time is the measurement of motions. You understand me? Only dead men don't move. Mm. You dig? So the way you can measure a man by the moves that he's making. So if his mind is working, right, then you say, oh, that's a man that's working. Yeah. Right? And I'll leave you on this. Because these are all things that, you know, as I teach mindset and development, these are all things that I teach inside this because it's 80% mindset, 20% skill set, right? Right mindset, you can develop any skill set. Right. Certain people, they say they go do something, oh, I know bro go execute. Certain people, they say they go do it, they might do it. Right. Some people, they lying. Mm. They ain't going to do it at all. So you have to develop yourself and you have to believe yourself, right, in order to be the type of person that say be and it is. Because who you are today is 100% off the things that you've done in the past, right? Your last year developed, the last 10 years for you, five years, however many years, develops every, all the knowledge you have in your head was because of the books that you read yesterday or yesteryear. The money you have in your pocket is because of the deals you made yesteryear, right? The, 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 the physicality you have now is because of the training you put in yesterday or yesteryear, right? So you have to make sure that Every single day you're developing your future self, right? Because at some point in time, you're going to have to live his life right. or her life. So every single day you have to make sure that, damn, either you're feeding your future self or you're starving. Mm -hmm. You're creating a poor future self or a rich future self, and it's based on how you enrich yourself, right, or how you starve yourself. So I really try to implant that into the heads of people because people do not make decisions as if today affects tomorrow. You understand me? And it's only now and next. Shit. Well, my cup runneth over. But <laughs> golly. That's the BWO mindset, man. You know what I mean? I love it, bro. I love it. And hopefully, you know, the viewer was was as impacted as I was, man. Anything else that you want to share with the people? Um, you know, one thing, you, you, you know, you, health is key. We're going into the seasons 
where there's going to be less sun. You understand me? We just came through a whole crisis about health. Mm -hmm. We learned that black people were predisposed at a higher rate than any other people, yet there was no messaging towards health in our community. I seen Krispy Kremes out here in Atlanta at the West End with a line around the corner promoting, you know, the shot. And I'm like, yo, in a time of the craziest health crisis in the world, there's still no focus on how we treat ourselves. Mm -hmm. So a lot of times, often when we talk about as well, a person being focused, it goes towards what you eat and what you put in your body. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? So like, we have to love ourselves and in order to treat ourselves correctly. Yes, sir. And I'm getting to this point because one of the things that we have is a health company. We have Nootropics specifically as well, because I'm big on being able to stimulate the mind, right? The distractions are everywhere. You know, it's, it's very hard to keep your mind focused. You got social media, the average person's, you know, focus is less than a fish now. Mm. You understand me? You got a seven second reset, right, of interest. So, you know, like we got high level conversations. It's a it's a wonder we able to get millions of views and get people to watch episodes that's three hours long. It's, it's, it's different right. because every iteration we're constantly teaching somebody. But when it comes to health, you want to make sure that you're intaking the things that's constantly stimulating your brain and your mind. So like we got shrooms like lion's mane, right? Lion's mane is going to be one of those ones that stimulate the function in your brain activity, right? So increase memory, right? Increase focus. Right, so as we grow and we develop at different age and different cycles, our brain changes in the ways that we have to stimulate it. So the dendrites and our neuroplasticity changes. So now you have to have something that's stimulating your brain. So with our company, we make sure that we study things. I always, I'm, I'm, my, I'm my guinea pig, I you understand me? Because yeah. I, want, I want my IQ to be up there at all times. Right. I want to be able to have perfect recall. I want to be able to have retention of information that I study, mm -hmm. right? I can't come out here and be one of the greatest, if not the greatest speaker to ever exist on this planet Earth unless I'm tapped into the high supplementation. At all times. You, you know what I'm talking about? <laughs> <laughs> but at the same time, our immune system, like, you, you, you know, you got to study your, 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 the function of your lymphatic system, lymphatic system, your thyroids, right? You have to study, you know, uh, making sure that your proper intake of you know, vitamins that you're getting on a daily basis, not even just for you, but for your children. Because they're eating these artificial foods, right? And you know, we, we, we live in the most artificial world possible. We Personally, got, figuratively, and you know. The AI is artificial intelligence, artificial ingredients, and artificial insemination. And that represents that we are no longer in proper function as human beings to perform what we're naturally supposed to be doing. Mm. To think, to produce, to reproduce. Right. And so when I look at the ghettos of America with these food deserts, when the mind is dry and it is starving, you understand me? That makes a person more disposed to commit crime and be more violent because it goes to their gut health. Mm. So like when we create these concoctions, whether it's we got the sports moss where, you know, um, it's going to help you, you know, um, boost that energy during workout or limbido. So you trying to create more kids, we're gonna help you with your little swimmers. You understand me? <laughs> Cause the food we eat now be killing them. Right. You dig? I'm so, vegan, I'm vegan by Okay, the way, so he, so, yeah, man. I'm tapped so in. So you gonna catch up to Nick Cannon, you know no problem. But <laughs> you know, for those who have a problem, we yeah. got you on that area, but, Anyway, I say all that to say this is that, you know, 
the things that we create is an ecosystem. It's, it's what's going into your mind, what you feed in your body, what you're surrounding yourself with emotionally, physically. Yeah. So we want to create an environment here. So we want to make you smart. We want to increase your intelligence, right? We want to make sure that you're healthy. We want to create that renaissance man and woman again. Mm. You dig? I never say things to try to be controversial, but I know that it's dangerous for a man to give his opinion, his belief, and his philosophy in the world that wants him to shut up, mm. right? So I make sure that I teach all men and women, right, to take your space in the world. Quit telling them or quit allowing them to impregnate you with their vision, right? Because then you don't have any room for your vision, mm. right? My pop said it the other day, the only vision most people have is television. And I'm going to end on that. Say <laughs> Hey, my brother. Uh. <laughs> hey, this is hey, this a real one right here, bro. I appreciate this, man. Yes, so. I appreciate hey, you having me. As as we always end things here at Funkin' Friday, we're gonna start at this camera right here. Then we're gonna start. You're gonna go straight to this camera yeah. right here. Then we're gonna end in this camera right here. We're gonna do the same thing. We got one yeah. finger. Yeah. One pinky. Yeah. Okay. One thumb. Yeah. One love, man. Okay. You did. Yeah. We out. <laughs>